Selection Show. And now, here are your hosts, CeCe Broadus, Alan Schneider, and Brandon Jaggers. Hello and welcome to this special edition of the Auxiliary Gate Podcast. I'm your host, CeCe Broadus, and we're going to talk about the Breeders' Cup today. And we've got our experts on here. Mr. Alan Schneider, are you there? Yeah, but who are the experts? Uh, you mentioned some of the experts. I was hoping to hear them. Uh, they're going to be on later. And then Brandon <laughs> Jaggers. Yes, sir. Here and ready to cap Saturday. All right. I think we're going to go with a straight Brad Cox ticket for you, as I, as I understand. Is that pick correct? Nine. The Brad Cox uh, yeah. pick nine. Yeah, if I could. I, I don't know how many consecutive races are in order, but you bet. I'm going to do something. Well, you, you said off air that if, if you could vote for Brad Cox for president, senator, governor, you, you would go straight Brad Cox all the way down, right? <laughs> yep, and all the barn, yeah, Jorge, Tessa, Ricky, yeah, they'd all get the vote. Okay. All right, but well, before we get into handicapping this uh, wonderful card, and it, it, this card is absolutely fun to uh, to take in. Uh, you know, the Breeders' Cup's a big, big day on the calendar. I always look forward to it. I always, you know, take off work or try to take off half a day to get the Friday races uh or soak those in and then saturday you know i don't want to be bothered i, I just want to want to watch good horse racing uh there's been a lot of big performances over the years uh, alan why don't you lead us off what what is what are some of your favorite breeders cup memories uh well i mentioned in the last podcast we had real quick one's going to be forgotten about I mean, it's special to me because i had the winner but i think it gets forgotten about from a performance standpoint it's pleasant home when she won the distap, and the reason I say that is because she hit the turn, and she, you knew the horse was gone, and she blew him off the track by about eight lengths. I think that gets forgotten about in Breeders' Cup lore. In addition to that, you have to account for Arazi back in 91 when she made the, the move of all moves for a two-year-old on the turn to win the Breeders' Cup Juvenile by, uh, I don't know, five lengths. It felt like 15 lengths. If, if some of the younger listeners out there, if they haven't seen the race, it's going to be completely awed by a performance. Go back and look up, I believe it's the 91 Juvenile uh, for Arazi. And 
I'll, I'll go ahead and give you one more real quick. I mean, there's there's numerous ones to uh, to, to, to talk about, but the, that 98 Classic, that 98 Classic that was won by Awesome again as this amazing field came down the stretch, and they were like 8, 10 wide across the racetrack, and everybody was in contention. Awesome again ended up gutting out the victory, but that's um, – you'll I'll never forget um, Swain from uh, Europe being about 24 wide down a stretch and just <laughs> – probably cost him the win and was so close to the outer rail he could have stopped and got a hot dog from the concession stand that one will always ring a bell with me but there's so many great ones to choose from i we could go on all night about those the story on the story on swain was that uh swain had squared off with silver charm in the dubai world cup earlier that year and the tory did not want to look silver charm in the eye so he, sure he took <laughs> he he yeah he he steered the horse to the outside rail so Silver Charm couldn't hook up with him and well Gary Stevens started drifting out as well to try to get get with Swain and when they did they left this giant hole open for Awesome again who kept who just rolled up and won the race so it was I uh, bet Awesome again I was happy about that <laughs> well and then uh, uh, going back to Arazi that was uh, I mean there was no doubt in anybody's mind that he was the second coming of Secretariat that day that was just the yeah. most unbelievable. Now, looking back, you know, Bertrando was a really nice horse, but the rest of that field wasn't much. And then Arazi just he, – he was he was nowhere near that uh, in his three-year-old campaign. I think he had surgery on his knees. Maybe he may have had a chip in his knee, and he came back. And that was the first derby I ever attended when he – when he, uh, he made that same move in the derby and then just wilted. And then, lo and behold, here comes Pat Day with Bill E.T. to win the race. Bill E.T., that's right. Yeah, yeah, so the – but uh, – that was, uh, yeah, those are, those are nice uh, memories. Uh, Brandon, what about you? No, I totally forgot about this. It was November 5th, 2011. I remember oh, it like boy. yesterday. It was probably <laughs> 6570. Back when Churchill Downs was really nice and the backside was easy for people to, to get back there, set up a picnic before the big jumbotrons, before, I think, before even the lights came into play out there in 2011. A little horse named Court Vision, ridden by Robbie <laughs> Alvarado. Uh, last start was out at Woodbine, came off the pace, dead last, came from 12th all the way to first to win at 65 to 1. I completely forgot about that while we were talking outside okay. the, the podcast room here. And that was the first time that horse got blinkers. That thing paid $131 to win. My friend sitting right next to me that day. I didn't put up twenty or fifty dollars to join in the bet. End up hitting the trifecta for a dollar and paid them almost five thousand dollars. Surprised he didn't so, pay more because it was Tourler's second. I remember Tourler for Charlie Lepresti got beat an absolute eyelash for second. Right, it Gold, was Gold, 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 Gold was third. Was third. Yeah, yeah. Ponte. Gio Ponte yeah. was fourth. I mean, that's yeah. a, these are great sires. Goldakova's out there. I mean, it's pretty wild to see these old names. I, I had to look it up. But uh, you know, guess who rode? Guess who rode Court Vision? Robbie Alvarado. Wow, that's right. Yeah. And wow. Yeah. So that was a, a fond memory, and it was a beautiful day on the backside of the track. I remember how fun that was. That whole day was super fun. Uh, that that's kind of one, and then seeing, of course, American Pharaoh run and, and win the Classic at, at Keeneland. That was another cold day. It was dark all day. Uh, I had a Seneca group. We hit a pick four, and I, I think I had four or five thousand dollars in my account, and I about put all of it to win on, on American Pharaoh. 
but I didn't. So, uh, yeah. you know, it could have been even more epic to tell that, but I didn't press it because I was too much <laughs> of a baby. So, so, but it's funny, you know, that same race, Get Stormy, actually came in almost dead last. So, oh, really? Yeah. It, that, that, those run lines are fun to see after all this time. <laughs> God, I can't believe it's been that long. So, anyway. Well, for me, uh, my greatest memory it was uh, Sunday Silence over Easy Goer in 1989 in Gulfstream. That was that was really racing's last great rivalry. Uh, there's never been anything like it since. Well, um, what about uh, Calvin Burrell and Javier Castellano? That was a pretty that, that would be number two. Yeah, that would be number two. <laughs> but I digress. You go ahead. Yeah, well, I mean, Rachel Alexandra and Zenyatta would, you know, but they never raced against each other. There was a, a, a rivalry at the time, but, yeah, like, they, they never stepped foot on the track together. So that, but, yeah, the, the last great rivalry was Sunday Silence Easy Go or East Coast versus West Coast. And, and Sunday Silence uh, won the classic and, and, and ended the rivalry three to one, which I thought that I was, I was a big fan of the horse at the time. That's probably why I'm sitting here Me doing too. this podcast today. And, <laughs> Because I, I mean that that absolutely turned me on. So, uh, all right, let's get it. Let's get into this card. This is going to be fun. I, I I cannot wait to see these races unfold. And, and we're going to start off with race four. Note that this race is at twelve o'clock. There's three races before it. Man. So yeah, I'm going to roll out of bed and just start betting. I guess uh, on Saturday morning. But uh, it, it kicks off. The Breeders' Cup kicks off with the Breeders' Cup. Philly and Mare Sprint, grade one, $1 million, seven furlongs for the Phillies and Mares. And I'm going to tell you right now, there is a ton of speed in here. I do not know how Gamine and Venetian Harbor and Serengeti Empress are going to last if they go toe-to-toe. And all three want the lead. And I think, you know, Keeneland's stretch, I think, is deceptively long. I think this is going to set up for a Philly like Bell's the one to just pick them off late. And if it's not Bell's the one, I like the inside Philly speech who, uh, you know, uh, she's had two months in Sir Kentucky Oaks debacle. I like one of these two Phillies just come, come pick them up late. And I think you're going to get a good price on both of them. Cause I think Gamine and uh, Serengeti Empress are going to take a lot of money. Uh, Alan, let's start with you. Who, who do you like in the Philly and Mary sprint? I think you're on the right track there. Uh, of course, a lot of times when you think there's a ton of speed and race, sometimes they just don't stop. But uh, Serengeti Empress has crackling fast speed. You're, you're talking uh, 43 and change going for a, a long race. And she's held before. I've read Gamine is going to try to rate, but even if Gamine tries to rate, she's going to have to go after her. So the internal fractions are going to be incredibly swift. And that's before you throw in uh, someone like uh, In the Midst of Biz or, uh, as you mentioned, Venetia Harbor. I, I'm not a big Venetia Harbor guy, i got to be honest with you. So I'm going to gamble like you are that there's going to be a, a a pace meltdown. Hopefully that there is, because those horses are the ones we just mentioned are going to take all the favoritism. I'm going to try Sally's Curling. I, I, I've always felt Sally's Curling is a is a one turn horse, a seven furlong, one turn mile horse who's had some spectacular closes. I keep waiting for her for that one big one against this type of company. Um, I think she's been compromised by pace and one or two of them. That shouldn't be the case today. That said. If she may not be the best closing race, it might be speech. It might be Bells of One. Bells of One is very consistent. Um, but I tell you what, when I see 20 to one there, which I don't think she'll be 20 to one, more like 15 to one. I got to give Sally's curl one more shot in a race in a race. that sets up pretty well for her. Let me interject real quick. Uh, Sally's curling. 
I picked her on Derby Day in the uh, the distaff. She's got that one big race back at Gulfstream that kind of sticks out. If they can get back to that race, she she, mm-hmm. she is one of the ones too. So I, yeah, I mean if if I go three deep, that's probably going to be one of the ones I use. All right, Brandon. Yeah, and Sally's Carlin's a closer. I mean, you got to look at the track bias and see how fast these these other fillies go out. I mean, Serengeti Empress, Venetian Harbor, uh, I, you know, Gamin, they're going to be flying. I love speech in the spot, but I've always been a Serengeti Empress fan, so I'm sticking with her. I do think you've got a big possibility of Sconson coming late to close and, and possibly pick up some pieces underneath. That's my big wise guy play. Mm-hmm. I think Greg Foley, Vicky Foley, They've got uh, Hog Creek Hustle still going. I mean, going to nominate it in Breeders' Cup. I know. I can't even believe it. Uh, but that's a total different horse. I think Sconson, though, uh, could be my big long shot here to come underneath. Uh, great speed rating last out at, at eight, in the 8-bell sprint. Uh, beat Four Graces. And I thought Four Graces is pretty good. Uh, so that's going to be my wild angle, but man, it's going to be blistering fast. This will be such a fun race. It I will. Mean, it, it hopefully will. it's not overlooked being so early, but I mean, you've got some great fillies here that will go off to the breeding shed and make great babies. I'm sure. But mm-hmm. I mean, anybody in this race could win. I mean, yeah. anybody. I agree with you. And it's again, it starts at noon folks. It starts at noon. So plan accordingly. Uh, one more filly we probably well, Mayor, we need to talk about is Come Dancing. Uh, oh, yeah. She's nine for 18, lifetime for Carlos Martin. Uh, shipped out to California last year to run uh, against Kofefe, and and really that she didn't handle the track or something was wrong. And then, uh, you know, I think she's worked her way back into form. I think she's she's worth a look, too, with the Rad Ortiz. I think, uh, you know, I, she'll she'll come running late probably. So, you know, maybe maybe we go four deep here for, for my ticket. But, and uh, – and who sang "Come Dancing"? The the hit song "Come Dancing." Who sings that? Do Man, you know? I don't. I have no idea. The Kinks. Moving on. There's a little trivia for the, y'all. Are you serious? <laughs> like Lola and the Kinks? Uh, the, yeah, that band. Yeah. La 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 Lola. That's it. Yeah. Come Dancing. Yeah. Early eighties. Uh, I didn't know that. Didn't know that. We learned something, and that's a good thing. All right. So fifth race on Breeders' Cup Day. It's the Turf Sprint. One million dollars. Three and up, five and a half furlongs on the turf. And looking for the favorite here is number 12, tepid favorite, Got Stormy, the nice mare that's won 10 out of 25, nearly $2 million in lifetime earnings. Uh, She ran second in the Breeders' Cup Mile last year on the turf at Santa Anita and kind of went off form. And Cassie, the great horseman that he is, decided to change her up and go sprinting, and now she's won two in a row, and she's looked good both times. She draws the twelve hole here. What, uh, Alan? Let's go to you. Uh, what, what are your first of all? What are your feelings on God Stormy as the favorite? And then who did you land on? Man, since they since they turned God Stormy, uh, has turned a corner because before the sprint, uh, the, the two sprint efforts. I mean, she ran a uh, big second of Halliday and uh, in the four star Dave against Mail. So the, her form has completely turned around. Uh, I definitely think God Stormy is one of the ones to, to keep in mind here. I think you can go six or seven deep in this race real easy, and I even feel confident. I'm a little concerned at this at this distance that she may not get there in time, but uh, it'd be tough to leave off the ticket. Uh, you know, the top pick, I've, I've, you know, we got Michelle Lovell in here. Our buddy is in this race, and 
I think she figures more than that 30 to one morning line uh, indicates. I think that she, that she drew pretty well. I think the, the real speed of the race is to her inside, and she may lap right off this horse in second. Maybe try to get first run on the closers. Uh, I love Michelle, but uh, to, to beat this field is going to be tough. I will say I do believe Just Mike could theoretically win the race. Uh, I am going to give a tentative nod to Leinster. Leinster loves Keeneland. Every time he's running Keenly, he runs a, like a 101 fig. And it, the par for this race is 101. I think he can get first run in a race where there's not a lot of speed and the best horses are closers. So I do think Leinster might be the one. But I tell you what, this this foreign horse, Glass Slippers, uh, I would not fall asleep on this horse. I would definitely have this X-Factor horse on my, on my ticket. This horse is a uh, winner of three group ones. It's sprint distances in Europe and – the two times he got beat was against a, a real, real nice horse twice called Baltosh. So I, I, I want to have an X factor on my ticket somewhere. I'd use glass slippers. So I'm going to go crazy here with Leanster, glass slippers, and just Mike with giving a nod to get stormy and also Alexandra. Brandon. Yeah, I mean, in any type of sprint race, I can never find a single. I do not like God stormy. I've never really cared for this horse. I don't know what it is. I just don't like it. And I don't like, after all the mile tries, you go six and a half and then five and a half, back to a five and a half sprint. Something is really off there. I don't know why you would ever do that. Why do you take a horse that can route? Or, you know, it, it did a couple times. Yeah. I mean, from a mile, mile to 16th, and then return back to a sprint. You just don't do that, Right. I mean, I've never seen them start doing that. So I don't, I don't like the form line at all. I, I don't like the horse. I've never liked the whoa, horse. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wow. She's won two you million. You don't like the form line that she's won two stakes in a row? <laughs> not really. Not that impressive. I, Kentucky Downs, you throw that out. And then, you know, into the mystic. Why would you throw Kentucky Downs out? Because anybody could. I mean, it's just a wild card. I mean, she was a heavy favorite that day. The field was pretty weak, if you ask me. No thanks. I mean, no I thanks. He's taking a stand against. I respect it. Yeah, I will give you that. Yeah, that, the, the, that field the, was the weak. Phillies, the Phillies she's beaten in her last two starts are, you know, they, I don't, they would all be long shots in here. Uh, but the way she did it, the way she's closed into these races, I, I you know, I, I think she's going to be a factor late. The problem is, can she get the trip? Because last time she came from way out of it. And, uh, you know, she was, uh, she was rolling late, but she's got to get that same trip again. And coming from the 12 hole, she's almost certain to get a wide trip. So I'm yeah. sorry. Sorry, yeah. Brandon, to interrupt. Keep going. Yeah, Linster's my A here. Loves Keeneland. Always in the money at Keeneland. Big wins there. Alexandra as uh, kind of my B play. But I mean, I'm sorry. You know, got Stormy and, and maybe even exact, uh, extravagant kid with Brendan Walsh. He would be really a big, big upset, I think. Uh, I do, do not like the 14th pole, but this horse is fast, loves Keeneland. Uh, I, you know, I, you got to play extravagant kid, if you ask me. Okay. Well, I, I can't give a certain selection here. I, I was going to go with Leanster. I got to examine in third graph. This, this horse tends to bounce off of really big efforts. And he, he ran a big effort just four weeks ago, uh, winning the Shakertown Stakes. And, you know, that's short. That's a short layoff for him. He's, he's, you know, I, I think he, he may regress. Of course, he may regress and still win. But, I mean, I, I can't give you a, I can't give 
a solid selection here. I'm just going to root for our friend Michelle and with Just Mike. But on my tickets, I'm just going to spread deep and hope I catch a price here. Wouldn't you agree so, with me, though, that there's not there's not the type of speed in here that you think there is in a race such as this? I don't think there's legitimate hardcore speed in here. Oh, you're absolutely right. Uh, I, uh, one more thing we need to talk about. Uh, you know, Peter Miller's bidding for his fourth straight win in this race. Is he really? I hadn't even realized that. Yeah, he he's – let's see. Let me pull this up here. He won the last three, Stormy Liberal in 17 and 18, Belvoir Bay last year. And he, he's got Texas Wedge in here who's going to be a long shot. I don't know if he stacks up with these horses, but, you know, you know this this guy's been known to surprise before. Yeah, and, second off the layoff, you know. Yeah, so, you know, uh, you might pay some consideration to that one, but, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know. But like you said, there's, there, there could be a slow pace here. Well, not a slow pace, but, you know, a, a slower than par. Right. Pace. So, you know, that, that, that could set up for a horse that maybe lays close. So, uh, you know, probably this race bears closer look, but I'm going to spread. Mm-hmm. I had no idea about the Peter Mill in four, row, four in a row. That's insane. I mean, in any type putting, of sprint. They're putting blinkers on him here, too. And, you know, uh, this race could be won by a stalker if the pace is not, you know, and they're insane. That Texas Wedge could fall in that spot. Who knows? So I am covering this horse. When you got Florent Giroux on him, and, I mean, he's run Keeneland for, I don't know, a long time. Yeah. Blinkers get on sprint. Lasix, boom. This is probably the next winner. <laughs> All right. Let's go to race six. This is the Big Ass Fans Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. Brandon, do you own a Big Ass Fan? Uh, actually I do. I got several. Okay. So they're at the lake house, but anyway, I want to crack open my first. Here. <laughs> actually it's a white claw tonight. Natural lime. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Going crazy. But this is a heck of a race. I mean, the, the big ass fan. Oh man. Unbelievable. So, great, great fans too. So let's talk about this race. This is a one mile, two turn on the dirt, and there is a very, very short run to the first turn. This is going to favor inside mm-hmm. posts. Yes. The favorite, somewhat surprising. Well, no, not surprisingly. I, it is to me. It is to me. I mean, he comes off a big win in the Kelso at Belmont. This is complexity for Chad Brown, ridden by Jose Ortiz. He's two to one on the morning line, but he draws a bad post. Now, I think the morning line odds maker made this uh made this line before the posts were drawn but uh two to one on complexity is no bueno uh brandon since you own no. several big ass fans why don't you beat <laughs> us off here um i think you definitely include complexity i think the horse is working out i may have got a little inside that the morning rider thinks uh thinks complexity doing very well so uh, it pays to go to the back set sometimes but maybe maybe it won't but we'll see i don't I mean, I love me some Brad Cox. Owendale, though, shortening up and going a mile. He's done it once before and has won uh, against Everfast and Silver Dust. Those are those are pretty good horses, but not the caliber horse that's in the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. Now, you all know I love Brad, but I, I'm not I'm not going to include Owendale. But you know, I'm tempted, but uh, I just I'm, I'm very undecided. I am going to have complexity on my tickets. And what is Nick's go? That's my Brad horse. Nick's go for Brad Cox. I, I don't like the last two races it's coming out of, but man, you talk about smoking the field and humongous speed numbers. So, uh, was previously trained by Ben Colbrook. I like seeing him get it. You know, when Brad's taken over, 
the horse is pretty really lightly raced this year. I think should be very fresh. Uh, and then I'm going to play definitely Art Collector. All right, Alan. You know, I went I, – complexity initially was my top selection, but I thought the morning line's crazy at two to one. He didn't draw well, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, this race, to be if you get the two-turn mile at Keeneland, you want to – ideally, you want to be towards the inside. So upon a second examination of this race, I'm like, why not go back to my old buddy Art Collector? Why not? His feet, yeah. his feet figures stick up, stack up. He's going to get that inside trip. He's uh, basically won, with, won the bluegrass with the exact same trip that I envision he'll get today. Uh, if we give him a pass on the Preakness, which in retrospect was not that bad a race, he was just a little one pace that day. If he's working well, if he's, if he's rebounding from that effort, if he's rebounding from the, the deal that uh, kept him out of the derby, I definitely think he figures here at six to one. He's three year old taking on older. But that said, as I go down the field, I don't see why he cannot compete in this in this race. It's, and six to one could be legitimate. There's a lot of ways you can go. And I, from my personal experience, the dirt mile, even though I love dirt mile races, this race has never been that good to me. I always tend to guess wrong and and I'm usually way off on this. But uh, I'll I'll go ahead and stick with Art Collector in this spot. I, if Nick Skull runs back to his last race, and who knows if he will or not? I mean, maybe I'll, maybe I'll be just uh, gasping for breath, chasing him in the stretch. But give me one more shot with Tom Drury, Brian Hernandez, and Art Collector. Well, I'm like you. If Nick Skull runs anything close to what he did last time, he'll win this race by open links. This is a Keeneland monster. He's two out of four lifetime with one second. He's won $358,000, won the Breeders' Futurity as a two-year-old, and I think they're going to let him go. You know, it's just a matter of how much pressure they put on him. Uh, if they go too fast, it might set up for a horse maybe like a Silver Dust. I think Silver Dust at 30 to 1 yes. is a yes. must-use in your must exotics. Without and, question. Yeah, I mean, Silver Dust is he's first of all he gets a good draw and you know he's 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 just a consistent horse he always runs his race so hard knocker yeah. who's very consistent yes yeah i think he might get a piece of this and i don't want anything to do with the outside horses and probably from nine through 12 i don't i don't want complexity at two to one no. uh you might if you're if you're using him on a saver ticket but the horse i don't think he's ever shipped out and done well at all i'm looking at his past performances he ran last or no, he ran 10th in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile at Churchill. They shipped him out to Santa Anita run the Malibu. He finished a distant fourth. That's a day I bet him against Omaha Beach. Uh, you know, so that's two starts that he shipped out, and he's, he's, he's not lifted a hoof. So, you know, I think I think he's worth playing against here. Uh, you know, Mr. You Freeze know, probably is worth the look, but, you know, he, the outside post is not good, but he's, he's never been worse than second in three starts at Keeneland. So uh, what were you going to say, Alan? It's it was Brandon. me. Oh, was it you, Brent? Yeah, what are you going to do with War Will? I mean, this horse yeah. has been on grass last three times, but I mean, back in 2019, it it, it did very well in the dirt. I, I don't know how to play this horse at all. He's a big wild card for me. Very dangerous. I mean, yeah, you can definitely speak up for Silver Dust cutting back. I mean, I I'm with that angle all all day. But War Will, I'm really confused. Yeah, I expect and Declan Declan Carroll said he's he looks great. You know, he rides the horse in the morning. Yeah. But uh, again, he, yeah, he's an ex and he's drawn well. So I agree. I'm, I'm a little confused what to do as well. I think you got to use him just because of the post. I think, uh, you know, you're going to get a decent, decent price on him, probably five to one, maybe something like that. You can but, get Tyler. Yeah. I think, 
I think Nick's go would be my selection here. I think that horse, you know, if if he ran a monster figure on third graph. I mean, it just probably made the fastest fig in the field. Or, excuse me, not in the field, but the entire day. Uh, last time in that race at Keeneland. Now he's turning back a mile, or excuse me, a sixteenth of a mile, and he's get, he gets the short stretch again. You know, I think uh, I think he might just run them off their feet. Mm-hmm. Any parting shots on the dirt mile? No, like you just said, Nick's goal wouldn't. Nick's goal area wouldn't surprise me. The horses he beat that day it did not come back, did not run well that day, did not come back to run well. But that said, I mean, he may have simply just broke those horses. Quite frankly, uh, yeah, so, he was he was racing against the clock that day. The concern is that it was almost too big an effort, but we'll find out. That's, so. Well, that's the yeah. You don't want you don't necessarily take a, a too short a price on him because there is a chance that he could bounce to the moon as well. Yeah, I'll be curious. I'll be curious to see what he opens up at in this race. See what kind of money he takes early. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, it doesn't get any easier. No, it uh, doesn't. Uh, the, the seventh race at 157 Eastern is the Maker's Mark Breeders Cup Philly and Mare Turf. Uh, $2 million for fillies and mares on the grass going a mile and three sixteenths. And the favorite is going to be Rushing Fall. Uh, the six horse for Chad Brown, Javier Castellano. This filly is five out of six lifetime at Keeneland. She's won over almost a million dollars just at Keeneland. Won two and a half million dollars overall. And the if you want to find a knock against her, she's never raced this far. She's she's gone a mile and an eighth, but she's never been a mile and three sixteenths. So, uh, Alan, we'll start with you. Where did you, where did you land, or did you land anywhere in the Philly Mare turf? That's a better way to put it. I'll be honest. Uh, you know, you don't have to have a, a, a selection every race, I suppose, because I don't really have one here. Um, I found some knocks against the favorite sister. Charlie's not in good form. I think Mean Mary's a really good horse. I'm not sure if she's ready to beat these just yet. I'm not saying that she won't. Rushing Fall, who's as is as good as you'll find. Again, the distance worries me. Uh, so with all that said, I'll probably either pass the race or take a couple of flyers on some Euros. Most notably for me, the Euros would be Cayenne Pepper from the far outside. Uh, this horse has chased uh, Ternawa, Magical, might be coming into her own as a three-year-old. Uh, so I, even though the, and the, and the post doesn't bother me with where they're going to start at and such, the way the race is going to be run. So, you know, I, I kind of like Cayenne Pepper a little bit, maybe to beat the Americans. And by that same token, I might even consider, I believe you pronounce this, Adaria. Uh, I, believe, I believe that's right. Adaria, who's uh, run, who's coming into form, it seems like, at the end of her four-year-old campaign with some really nice Group 1 efforts. Again, against aforementioned Tornawa, who I think is going to be really tough on the turf. Uh, so, you know, I might even take a pick three ticket perhaps and try to get alive to these two uh, Euros. Uh, again, no strong opinion. The Americans winning this race easy would not surprise me, but I can't tell you that I have anything strong in here. Brandon likes a bomb in here. Let's, let's talk about this Philly, Brandon. <laughs> I couldn't wait. So I guess it was last Saturday we were at the, the front and the back of Churchill and uh, just kind of walking around from barn to barn. And I got to see uh, before uh, all the American horses shipped to Keeneland, you know, yesterday or last couple days, Harvey's little Goyle. And what, what I saw on this horse and what everybody saw, it seemed like, including clockers, was how well she did her last workout. Uh, you know, she was clocked at four furlongs 
but really it was her gallop out that was the most impressive. I mean, it looked like a locom a gray locomotive going all the way through, you know, the finish line, the first turn to the middle of the backside before they could get that horse to slow down. And I think they were slowing her down, but man, she just was running on ease. Everybody noticed it. And, you know, including me, I mean, she's, a, she's a B horse, uh, but on a, a, a on every ticket. So I'm including her on everything only because of what we saw in the flesh, how she came by us, how fluid she looked. I mean, she looked like she's ready to go tenfold. Uh, her last race, you know, was, was a winning victory. Uh, and I love that horse Michelin. I thought that horse was going to win that day. Uh, and then Harvey's little Goyle came from nowhere to win. You're giving me 20 to one on this horse. I'm taking it to the bank. All right. I think the horse has a shot. Yeah, I'll give, I'll give you that. Yeah. And, and then I've seen rushing fall in the flesh race at Belmont before and mean Mary. Uh, I've never seen before, but those are very tough horses. A rushing fall is just so classy. But I think on this distance, man, you got to find somebody that wants the, the long. And I am going to play that Euro shipper, Cayenne Pepper. But that's my, that's really all I'm doing. I mean, I'm taping four horses. Cayenne Pepper, okay. uh, Harvey's Little Goyle. I mean, I'm going to single Harvey's Little Goyle. And then I'm also including Rushing Fall and Mean Mary. All right. Well, let's not forget the rail filly here, or the rail mare, uh, Starship Jubilee, who, who's yeah. really come to hand. As a seven-year-old, uh, you got to give props to the trainer there on a on a, a really, really, really nice uh, seven-year-old season. I think uh, I think she's worth a look. And you know, Mean Mary should be on the lead. Uh, you know, she may take them wire to wire. She's had a really good uh, run. She's what she's won four of her last five, and and the and the other one, she finished second in Nectar Rushing Fall. You know, Rushing Fall obviously fits here. Uh, I think I think this is Rushing Falls' race to lose. I hate to say that, as she's the favorite. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you know I like Adaria on the outside. I think uh, I think she'll uh, she'll enjoy uh, first Lasix and uh, and uh, coming out of those nice efforts uh, in France and in Great Britain. So I, I don't have anything smart here. I'm I'm probably going to spread and try to get to to my uh, my big selection in the next race. Yay. Well, so, you lead us off. You lead us off in the next race, then. All right. Well, the eighth race is the Breeders' Cup Sprint. $2 million, six furlongs for three and up. And the favorite is on the far outside, number 14, Vekoma, who has not raced since winning the Met Mile in early July. This horse is three for three this year. And, you know, uh, I don't know if six furlongs is his game. I think he's going to be really tough to beat. But I went somewhere else, and I landed on a three-year-old filly, and that's number six, Frank's Rockette. Who well. is Yeah, he's, she's five for six this year, uh, won over $360,000. Her last effort was the Gallant Blooms, which she absolutely won easily. She beat nothing in there, but although the, the second-place horse came back to win. Uh, but uh, I think this filly's sitting on a big effort. What I like the most, she's one of the top, she's one of the fastest fillies or fastest runners in this race on Thurgraf. But she gets five pounds from the rest of the field. Uh, the three-year-olds carry 124. The older horses carry 126. She'll carry 121. I like that weight advantage, and I, I think she's going to set a perfect trip. There's not a lot of speed in here either, kind of like the. Uh, 
the uh, the turf sprint. Now, Yapon will probably set the table early, but uh, you know I think Frank Rocket can kind of lay off a off of that one early, and then maybe run her, run him down late. You know, so I'm taking the filly against the boys. I I, I really like this filly a lot. I think she's going to give a good account of herself, and I like the confidence that Bill Mott has shown by by throwing her to the wolves here. So, uh, hmm. Brandon, let's go back to you. Uh, your thoughts on the Brewers Cup sprint. You know, I didn't really have anything very, you know, pinpoint of, of what I really like. I don't like the race, perhaps. I mean, it's just nothing, no one, uh, I can't really get a good focus on it, to be honest with you. CZ's Rocket, Bon Rasson. I mean, these horses have all kind of bounced lately, even Maniwa. I don't know really where to go. I mean, Whitmore raced at Keeneland, you know, been there four times, you know, one has only won once and, and placed twice. You know, I, that horse just sucks so clown, you know. I, every place that other horse goes, I mean, it, a second, a seventh, a fourth, you know, I, I don't, I just don't know, guys, I, and I'm going to throw my arms up, and I, I, I don't <laughs> know how I'm going to play it yet. I mean, I'm going to probably have to buy somebody's picks or do something or shoot i mean the only horse i can tell you is not gonna win is hog creek hustle there is just no way and if i'm wrong i should i will give up handicapping because right. uh, i, I I'm just writing don't that, see it man i'm writing this down bet <laughs> hog creek hustle to win I, I, okay. yeah that's the... yeah i i would take boners on or manny wild or hog creek hustle any day but I mean, I liked Hawk Creek Hustle for a while. I was a fan, but now that this horse is not making the moves that I want to see, so I'll probably just take the chalk in here and and hope I get through. All right, Alan. Uh, I think this race has a lot of haves and have-nots in it. To be honest mm-hmm. with you, uh, from from a sprint standpoint, I, I I'm gonna. I don't think Bonray's on and Manny Watt figure. I don't think. Uh, I think Whitmore's going the wrong way. Uh, we can go to uh, actually Empire Gold with Declan Carroll. I've looked at this form a little closer. This this horse is sprinting on dirty. That actually is tough. I wouldn't be surprised if Empire Gold did get part of this. Jasper Prince, Hog Creek Hustle. I don't like them. When you come down to with class, I don't know the horse is going to handle six furlongs, but Vacoma, Vacoma has beaten better horses than this. Uh, been off a bit of a layoff. That's a concern, but the horse has won at Keeneland. So it's two horses for me in here. Although you have swayed me a bit on Frank's Rocket Girls, Cece, I will tell you that. So, but it, to me, it was Vacoma and Diamond Oops. I, I think Diamond Oops is a, is a very good underrated racehorse. I loved his comeback on the turf. I loved his uh, comeback win. I mean, his dirt win after that in the Phoenix. The works all year have been just insane on this racehorse. I expect him to get a part of this. I do expect him to get a part of this. I think Vacoma's probably the one to beat if the layoff and the six furlongs uh, do not uh, much of a deterrent. I'm going to take a stand against CZ Rocket in here. But yeah, if I was alive to just those two horses, I'd be okay. I know Yapon's going to be tough, but Vacoma has beaten better horses than these. And I think Diamond Oops is capable of beating better horses than me. So give me those two, and I'm going to give a little nod to Frank's Rocket Girls, CZ. If I was not considering that one, but I will now. All right, let's go back to – you're going to have to give me a reason to get off a of CZ Rocket, though. Uh, Peter Miller's won this race, too, the last three years as well. You know, and, and, I just don't want to bet him. I just, you know, well, you, you, <laughs> well the, uh, don't, don't, don't carry your personal grudges. 
<laughs> but uh, you know, I, uh, yeah. Th- this horse is—he's uh, won five straight since Miller claimed him off of Al Stahl. He's—he's he's two for two at Keeneland. Uh, you know, I'm—I'm I'm scared of him. I think you know if he breaks well, and he—you know—the the rail, the inside posts aren't the place to be at Keeneland. But uh, this horse, whatever he's done to this horse, it's it's made him really, really good. And he's won two stakes in a row out in California. I think uh, I think you got to use him. Uh, I, I hate to say that, but, uh, yeah, I think this horse has a has a big chance. But, uh, I mean, I like my filly a lot, and I like the price that I'm going to get on her. But, uh, yeah, yeah, CZ Rocket's going to be on my ticket. Right. And, and uh, Yapon is, is, is one that I think, uh, you know, he has a chance to take him wire to wire. He's absolutely uh, – He's absolutely fast. I think, uh, you know, he'll be uh, – they'll have to pass him to win the race. Anything else? Uh, I'm, still- a big, I'm a big fan of Diamond Hoops. I think this horse is just completely underrated, and uh, I think this horse gets a piece of it. We should have seen Vacom on a different race. I don't know why you would take this horse to six furlongs. I, I, think I mean, it's, just, it's got that awkward go. stride. Yeah. The horse is just, you know, the awkward stride has always thrown me a little bit. This horse has never really been a sprinter. <laughs> so, uh, it, I hate to see the form changing on this horse like this. Okay. Well, that's uh, let's wraps up the sprint. And now, we're on race nine. Looks like there's three, four races left. This starts the late pick four. So, this race is very, very important. It's a Breezer Cup mile. On turf, uh, three and up, $2 million purse. And the favorite, again, draws an outside post. Number 11, Ivar, the Brazilian import, who just won the Shadwell Turf Mile at Keeneland with a really, really impressive late run. Ivar's four to one, but draws an outside post. Uh, Brandon, let's go to you. Who do you like in the Breeders' Cup Mile? Uh, I'm, I am using Ivar because I, I bet him last time and I won. I really liked it. Uni scares me. I, I don't know where to go, uh, with Uni because Uni didn't have a great last couple trips and then it won, wins again at Keeneland. I didn't play him that day. Um, so I, I, I do think this could be one for a Chad Brown, but I do think there might be a, a couple different upsets uh, with the other Chad Brown, Raging Bull. So I'm going to play Raging Bull as one of my top picks, as well as factor this for Brad Cox. Surprise there. But, guys, I'm going all the way to the outside. 13 and 14 are my big hurts here. I'm going to use Uni and Ivar. But I really think 13 and 14, Raging Bull and factor this, I've I've just got all kinds of opportunities here. All right, Al. Um. it, this is one of the better races on the car to me. This one's I have a stronger opinion on. Uh, 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 I'm leaving out the Euros. They could be a bothersome. I, I will acknowledge that. But the Americans, 12 to 1 on holidays, crazy. That's a crazy price. He's going to get the lead in here. He's inside a factor. This is too far outside, in my opinion, for the 13 hole. I think there's enough lack of pace at the inside where Holiday will get the lead. I'm concerned because he scratched out of the last race. So there's a gap in the works here. But if you go back to Halliday's three big wins this year, and I've talked about this horse a lot, it in the, in the one-mile races, he's run faster the last four furlongs in every one of his races than he has the first four furlongs, which is pretty impressive for a speed horse. 
Uh, I'm torn because I like three horses. I like Halliday, Raging Bull, and Ivar. Uh, of the of those three, I like Halliday and Raging Bull the most. I think Raging Bull's sitting on a big effort. I know she's got. I know he's got the 14 hole here, but that was a wake up last time. They they've always liked this horse. This horse has just not quite put it together. I think yeah. last race was a sign that they're putting it together. They took the blinkers off this horse. He responded. He got going late after Ivar got the jump on him. But he ran, if you do the math, he ran that last uh, two furlongs in 22 seconds. Maybe a shade under 22 seconds. That's unreal. Um, the 14 hole shouldn't bother him as he is a dead closer. So if, if Jose can get him in inside quickly, um, give me Halliday and Raging Bull, some combination of those two with a touch of Ivar thrown in. Yeah, I like the ones you like there. I, I think the, the only concern is how fast Halliday goes early. Because, Agreed. you know, if – uh, if Giroux panics on factor this, you know, I mean, are they going to hook up and go too fast? I, I don't like Halliday if he rates. Uh, we saw we saw that. Yes, he came. Saw that. that horse cannot rate. Yeah, we saw that movie July 26th when he when he tried to rate <laughs> uh, foolishly, and, and and you know he he was found wanting late. Uh, if if Holiday can get a clear lead and and Giroux lets him go, I think Holiday could win this. Uh, if factor this. Does uh, does go with him early? I think it could set up for a, a closer, and that would be somebody like Ivar, who I think I have a lot of respect for this horse. Mm-hmm. I've been on him since the beginning, and I've never I've yet to make a dime on him. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, I know. And then uh, a horse I'm interested in, I, I don't know what to do with him. I, I like the vote of confidence Vance Hansen gave him the other night. It was Camico, who yes. won the uh, show of the Joel Stakes last time, uh, and and. Early or his first start in the season was in June, in the 2000 Guineas. He won that over Wichita and Pinatubo, who are nice three-year-olds in their own right. Uh, I wish they were adding Lasix to this horse. I think uh, that would that would move him up a little bit. But I think he's worth a look here. I I'm not I'm not singling him by any means, but I think uh, he's one of the ones here to to watch. Uh, yeah, I, I, you guys like Raging Bull. I I cannot I can't get on board at the, from the 14 hole. I think this horse is destined to get a wide trip. And that that's just gonna he he'll like he always does he'll come running late. But uh, well, one concern with Raging Bull is Rosario picks. I assume Rosario is picking Uni, uh, and it's Jose Ortiz on Raging Bull. Or maybe that's the plan uh, Chad Brown had. But uh, I'll take Raging Bull over Uni personally. And you know Uni, she got she had a really slow start to her, her campaign, but she did she did run well last time at Keeneland. So you she know, won this race last year. She won it. Yeah. But, you know, that's another one that's almost destined to either have traffic trouble or, or a wide trip. So, uh, she to win this, she'll have to be much the best. So, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but it's another spread race for me. And uh, hopefully I'll catch a price here. But uh, let's move on to one of the most anticipated races on the car. This is the Breeders' Cup Distaff, $2 million. And it features a showdown between... The horse of the year, or was, was she horse? Uh, she wasn't horse of the year. She was champion three-year-old filly two years ago, Monomoy girl, and the Preakness Stakes winner of this year, Swiss Skydiver. And Monomoy girl installed as the eight-to-five favorite, breaking from the ten hole for Brad Cox and Florent Giroux. Uh, we're not even gonna go to Brandon here. I know who he's gonna select. So, Alan, why don't you lead off? <laughs> oh man, I, I, I'm torn. I, I know it's kind of a, kind of a not a great way to. The approach is I don't know who's going to win Swiss Scott Ivor and Monomoy Girl. A lot of people think Monomoy Girl's a lock. I cannot say that. 
I think it's, you know, I, I go back to that Alabama with Scott Iver when she had her ears pricked the whole way. And I, I just, just so impressed by that race. I'm going to take a little bit different route. I mean, Monomore Girls won 10 in a row uh, by open lengths. How about I do it this way? I think those two figure in the trifecta, and I'll throw horologist. I think horologist is sneaky in here to get perhaps even second. I think the horse in really, really good form since Bill Mott has taken the horse over. Uh, she's went to another level. I think once you get past the top two, this is the best of the rest. So instead of picking one, because I cannot decide between the top two, I'll uh, have a little trifecta box. Uh, action with those two in horologists, Swiss Skydiver, Monomore Girl, and Horologist. I'm not going to bet a trifecta box, won't pay anything, but I think Horologist can, can figure into the exotics. Brandon, should I let you talk? Well, <laughs> Alan pretty much did all the talking for me. I'm exactly the same as Alan. I mean, Horologist, Swissy, and then, of course, Monomore Girl. Big, the big girl. I, yeah, I think a big. Big, big, long shot could be Ollie's Candy. Uh, that's my fourth choice, but there is nothing else here. Monomoy Girl, it, she's done a lot of things right. I think this is going to be her last one. I don't see her losing, but I, it's it's Breeders' Cup. Everybody can lose. All the favorites can lose all in one day. It's a fact. Uh, these are all great horses. So, uh, you know, she just looks so darn good on the track. She's doing everything right. Brad has positioned her just for this race. You can say her race back, you know, optional allowance at 80000 was pretty easy. And it was, but she had to get back and start racing. So uh, that's a big, big layoff. And then her coming back in the Ruffian and then La Troyen, I, you know, she did great. And all those races stretching out, different surface type, she should win. Uh, by all accounts, both fillies are doing really, really well in, in the mornings. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure, you know, it's wise to go against either one of them. I, I think maybe that your best bet would be try to split them in an exact yeah. trifecta. And, you know, fillies like Valiance and Ollie's Candy, they they came back. That, that Spencer Stakes, they, they finished one, two, and was highly rated. I think uh, I think one of those two, if they can just hold their form, could probably get second in here maybe. If one of the other two falters, and then uh, on the inside, CC, I, I, I like the vote of confidence that Mike McCarthy mm -hmm. decides to ship this filly to Keeneland for this race. Uh, early in the year, she ran some numbers that that are very competitive in here. Uh, she tailed off a little bit. Uh, Del Mar, she had to chase the uh, loose Bob Baffert filly uh, with a wide trip, and then she shipped to Churchill on Derby Day and ran in the Derby City Distaff and. And she just uh, she she didn't show much that day, and probably probably sprinting is not her game. I think uh, maybe she's worth a look here at a big number, and I would you know I would put her underneath the top two, and you know can maybe, I, uh, yeah. Can I give you a couple of pros and cons and why I'm torn between the top two as to who to pick on top? Uh, the pros were the cons for Monomoy Girl. Is she's had a great 2020 off the layoff, but she's beat nothing in those three races. That's nothing against her. Lady Kate, vexatious. It's not the caliber of horses that Swiss Skydiver, for instance, has beat. She's beat the Derby winner. She's beat Art Collector, uh, Venetian Harbor. The list goes on and on. So, But the flip side of that is that I'm um, torn Swiss Skydiver. If she's had a longer campaign, 
and yeah, you never know how you know it's going to affect her here. So that's why I'm torn between the top two. Is I can't solidly say I like one over the other. So I do think one of them is going to win. I just don't know who it is. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with that. Yep. Okay. Uh, any last word on the distaff? No, I just wish someone would point me towards the winner there. I, I, Brandon says mom boy girl is good enough for me. Yeah, not- uh, you're right. I mean, she hasn't beat anybody this year. Yeah, but, but that, that may not be her fault. So. All right. Well, let's talk about the, the, the start of the late double, the Breeders' Cup turf. $4 million. The purses keep on growing. It's a mile and a half on the grass. This race is typically dominated by the Europeans, and I think it's probably going to be something similar this year. The favorite, the five-year-old mare Magical from the Aiden O'Brien barn, ridden by one of the world's great jockeys, Ryan Moore. This mare ran enable to three-quarters of a length in the Breeders' Cup turf two years ago at Churchill. She skipped last year's race. She comes back here. She's won the Irish Champion Stakes and the Tattersalls Gold Cup in addition to the Pretty Polly Stakes and she's three for five this year. She looks tough. Uh, Alan, can we beat the Euros? I don't think so. Uh, there is one American I like. I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, I, I, some people may not magical. Magical has uh, used the champion stakes three times at this time of year um, to close out her year or as a, uh, a prelude to the Breeders' Cup. Each time... She's run a, a time form fig of like 120 or 121. So she's done that all three years. So to, to think that she's lost a step might be a bit premature. She's hit her mark every time in that race. And two years ago, she used that race as a stepping stone to the big race against Enable, where she was she fought her to the wire and they were 10 lengths clear of everybody else. But I, Magical definitely fits. You, you have to use her. I don't think she's lost as much as people think she has. Uh, that last race, I think the winner might have got away a little bit. The winner loves soft going. So, but the one I really like is Tarnawa. I think Tarnawa's really coming to hand for Dermot Weld. Uh, the, the she eats up every bit of a mile and a half. It's her distance. She's coming into her own. This might be uh, a launching point for her. That's like to, to stardom. So, my top two selections would be Tarnawa and Magical, some combination of those. The American I like, which I think a lot of people might be a little bit sour on, is is Arklow. I think uh, uh, I'm drinking the Brad Cox Kool-Aid a little bit here. Uh, Yay! I, I was not that impressed with Arklow like many people were earlier in the year. I thought she's kind of flat. They finally put blinkers on her in her start number 29, and she responded. And she was sharper up front. She's worked better in blinkers. Uh she beat a good a good field uh, that day easily with the Red Knight, who came right back to win, and Zulu Alpha. So that might be the key with Arklow. So I'm going to give her one more chance, maybe not to win to beat those two Euros, but to figure maybe more prominently than the other Americans. Uh, I five to one's a little bit low on the morning line. I think the horse should be a little bit higher than that. So give me uh, uh, Ternawa and Magical with a shot of Arklow underneath. All right, Brandon. Yeah, I, I don't have really any strong opinions. I am Arklow for sure. I'm really just like with Allen again. Um, magical going to be really hard to beat, but I'm going all the way outside to that other Aiden O'Brien horse, Mogul. Um, out of Galileo, I mean, this horse was $4.6 million purchase. Uh, I, I would think that this horse can do some running. So 
Uh, I don't, like you said, when the Euros ship, I just you got to look listen to Vance. I'm putting this this horse down. First time Lasix. Uh, I, I'm gonna really just mostly you know just par with a lot of the Euros, and then I put Arclo with them too, and I'm gonna include Lord North, but. I don't like Channel Maker. That horse drives me nuts. Because um, <laughs> right, I, I just, I mean, how old is that horse? 16 or something still running? Feels like he's forever old. But uh, I'd love to see Arklow, Magical, uh, Tarnawa, or North. I'm going to have to spread because you're going forever distance in Mogul. I'd like to see what the tote does for any trying to trifectas or exactas on this or even possible doubles. Uh, I can see myself putting a big double bet in here. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I went to the outside, too, with Mogul. I like the idea that O'Brien, Aiden O'Brien brought the, the other Euro uh, off the plane here, and, and I like this horse's last effort in the Grand Prix de Paris, going a mile and a half at, at uh, Longchamp. Something must have went awry for them to skip the, uh, skip the arc. Maybe – some type of the horses failed drug tests or he had scratched several runners that weekend. Maybe this is one of them out to check, but, uh, I, 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 I'm disappointed at the morning line. I thought we'd get more than four to one on the horse, especially with, uh, uh, the, the Philly Tarnawa in here. I think Tarnawa has got a big shot as well. Uh, it, if I play, if I play the race vertically, I would use those two on top. And, and, you know, I'd sprinkle in some euros underneath like Magico. Magico's got, obviously got a big shot. And Lord North, if John Gosden sees fit to bring this one over, you know, they go first Lasix here. I, I think this horse is likely to improve, although a mile and a half may not be his best distance. Uh, that that's, sometimes doesn't seem to matter to the euros when they come over here and make their first start. But, uh, yeah, Maybe for me. Quick, yeah, yeah, go, go ahead, ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm done. One quick, quick note. One quick note that's an amazing stat that uh, I didn't realize – Maybe a lot of people that Aiden O'Brien has lost with his last 33 starters he's brought to the cup. That's an amazing stat. It's right. probably an anomaly, and he can easily win four this weekend. But that is that is something I'm sure a lot of people do not realize. Yep, I agree. I and mean, the, the horse we didn't uh, talk about is number seven, United, for oh, Dick yeah. You know, he's won this race uh, a couple times. And Almost won it last year. Yeah, I mean this. Yeah, he this horse. Uh, he's only run five times this year, and he's won four of them. Uh, and, and unbelievably, this horse never got back to a mile and a half. So here's his chance. I think, you know, uh, that uh, he's one you got to use and he gets Flavian Pratt and, and Flavian Pratt's Pratt. A good, he's a Kentucky Derby winning jockey. So, uh, but, uh, anything else before we get on to the big, no, race? I'm glad you threw in United there. Yeah. I'm glad you threw in United. United was a headshot 50 to one of the great bricks and mortar last year. So, and he hasn't really done anything to disappoint himself since then. So, yeah, you have to I, – I was remiss in not mentioning United. All right, so here's our last chance, the get-out race of the day, or probably for the year. Uh, the Long Jeans Breeders' Cup Classic, 10 furlongs on the Keeneland Dirt Course, $6 million purse, and this, this race will not disappoint the favorite – is from the Bob Baffert Barn, number eight, improbable, five to two on the morning line, gets Erad Ortiz. And this guy's won three in a row from distances uh, ranging from a mile and eight to a mile and a quarter. Uh, he's probably a deserving favorite. Brandon, let's go to you. Where are you at in the Breeders' Cup Classic? I see Brad Cox has no entrance in here. Yes, <laughs> very, very good observation. Um, 
Guys, I, I saw a great horse all year long. All year long. Started in the Holy Bull, Florida Derby, Belmont, Travers. Throw out the Kentucky Derby. That's all you got to do. Throw that out. Still ran a game effort. Did awesome. Went against a horse that, I don't know, seemed a little too good that day, if you ask me, <laughs> and authentic. I feel um, you, brother. After so many people said they couldn't get the distance, boy, that horse freaked and almost broke the track record, who by all means was set by Secretariat. I mean, good Lord. I don't know what that day was. I'm singling Law. It's over for me. I'm not even going to give you an, op- an, an other any other horse. There is no wise guy in this horse. It's Law all the way, coming off rested, ready to pounce. That's it. Game over. I love Alan. it. I, I love it. I'm I'm not that far off, Brandon. I've got to go too deep. There's two that I like in here, and one of them is Tis the Law. I think uh, Tis, you know, it, it, we, we, we all of a sudden forget about him after he just he chases authentic home that day, but he was clear of everyone else at a mile and a quarter, and his Travers was awe-inspiring. So I'm on Tis the Law, but my top pick would have to be Tom's Day Tall. I'd have to, I'm, I'm on those two guys. I, I just keep coming back to that Oakland handicap, uh, the Oakland mile early this year. Everybody went on and on about improbable, battling on the lead from the outside. What I seem to remember is Rosario going, thinking I can go by this horse anytime I want, and he wheeled him out and just ran him down confidently. I mean, I'm taking nothing away from improbable, who's in great form, but I think Tom's Day Todd drew well too, and if he can get – if he. If, Ideally, if he could get close to tracking an okay pace from his post position, uh, it makes him even more tough. His best, every time he comes off these short breaks, these little two-race skeins that he goes on, and off the short layoff, his numbers are always best off the short layoff. So give me Tom's Day Tall marginally over to the law, and I, I I may use others on a ticket, but if I just had those two, I'd be okay. Well, uh, sentimentally, I'm I'm rooting for Tom's Day Tie. He's going to be my top selection. But I mean, you know, I I, I just I'm a big fan of Al Stahl, and I think this horse is. Uh, I mean, he he's he's all class. I, I you got to give Stahl a lot of praise for keeping this horse in training until seven and keeping him in top condition. I mean, you know, not everybody can do that. Not every trainer is good enough to do that. But uh, so Tom's Day Tie is going to be my top selection. I am against Tis the Law in here. Now, two, two reasons. Tis the law draws the inside. He draws the two-hole. He this horse wants to be outside. Let's go back to the Kentucky Jockey Club. Agreed. As a two year, you know, last it was last November. Horse broke he was in a he was in a pocket the whole race. Didn't like it. Horse tried to get out. Franco tried to get him out late and and that that was uh that was uh, the only defeat of his uh, two year old season. Uh you know, I, I he had a shot in the Derby, and he, he couldn't run down authentic. I, I'm not 100% sure he wants to go a mile and a quarter. Uh, based on Thurgraph, the horse has not run fast enough to compete with uh, these horses. Uh, he needs to break through. He's had a chance to break through all year long, and he hasn't done it. Uh, it's Barkley Tag. I mean, obviously, he's a he's a qualified horseman. He knows what he's doing. But, you know, I, I have to take a shot against him. So for me, it's Tom's Detail on top. You got to use the the Baffert runners, all three of them. I think yes. Authentic, Authentic should have won the Preakness last time. Uh, Velasquez made a riding error. He he had a chance to to, 
make Swiss skydiver go to his outside. I and mean, that's not the way Velasquez right, likes to ride. He wants to be wide. Uh, if he does that again, he'll probably lose here. But I think if, if he pairs up at Preakness effort, he's got a shot to win the race. I'll give you a bomb. A horse that's breathing fire out here in the mornings is number six, higher power. This horse is really working well. Uh, he had a, a number last August at Del Mar in the Pacific Classic that could compete in here. Now, I don't think he'll win, but I think he's got a shot to hit the board. Okay. And, you know, he'll be 30 to 1, and, and he deserves to be every bit of it. But I think he's got a shot to get maybe second or third and light up your exotics. Do you uh, – because I – I think he's going to get overlooked a little bit. Uh, do you like by my? I think by my standards is going to run better than people give him credit for. He's going to be in fifteen to one, eighteen to one, and I'm just I'm, I, maybe I'm just a fan of the horse, but I think he's I think he's going to run a little bit better than people think he think he will. He's a good he, horse. I just I don't know. If, uh, he's not run fast enough. Like you know, I, he's to me he's in the same book as Tiz Law. He just hasn't run fast enough. He's fast horse. I'm not sure he wants to go ten furlongs either though. So. So as restating this, uh, your top selection is Tom Zeta, mine is Tom, because it's a classic, we got to get this narrowed down to win. Me and you are on Tom Zeta, Brandon's on Tiz the Law, and are we clear? And I got all that right? That's right. That's Brandon, right. good luck to you, buddy. I think yeah. I like your horse more than Cece does. Yeah. You know what everybody's, we haven't even mentioned the name, is Maxim Security. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, this, I don't even want to say his name. I don't even want to say Baffert's name. <laughs> the disgraced Kentucky Derby winner, or excuse me, the disgraced disqualified Kentucky Derby winner last year. Talk about a horse that's been through a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're I right. Don't know. I I just don't want to see this horse win. I just, I don't know. I, I'm over him. I was a big Did, fan of Florida Derby, but I just. I think he goes up uh, from seven to two. What do you think? I, I think seven to two is a little bit low. I think he's five to six to one. Yeah, I, maybe I'm wrong about that. I wouldn't be the first time. Well, by all accounts, this is another one that's working well in the morning. So, you know, it's it's if he gets the trip, I think he wants to be outside horses too. I think it's, it might work out for him. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to use him. I mean, you really when the, when they ride maximum security, you got to ask him like after six furlongs. Yeah, he's always in a long drive. His workouts show handily, you know, that means you got to ask the horse to go all the time. I yep. don't know. I think he's capable. We'll just leave it at that. How about that? There you go. I'll do too. All right. All right. So it was a big card. Uh, my biggest concern is uh, a lack of singles for me because I like to single a horse and, and spread in the other races. So, you know, tickets could get kind of costly. But uh, let's go over this real quick. Uh, Let's 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 get your best bet on the card, and then a best long shot to hit the board or, or even to win. So uh, whoever wants to go first. Okay. Um, best. Hmm, best wagers. I'll give you best wagers. Okay. Exact. Uh, which I'm not an exact box guy, but I'll give you an exact box here. Halliday and Raging Bull. That's it's probably not going to come in, but I think that's got a shot. And then Vacoma and Diamond Oops. Uh, best bet on the card. Jeez, that's that's it's a tough card. <laughs> um, let me scroll back through here. Hmm. Hope you have something in mind. Well, I'm uh, yeah, I'm I'm going to get something alive to Frank's Rocket. That's that's the yeah. Philly that I like the most at the price. At the and, prices, and- at the prices, 
give yeah. me uh, Sally's Kerwin at the price. Give me and Diamond Oops and Ternawa. What about you, Brandon? Yeah, I I think on really probable winners, I'm going to go the Breeders' Cup Mile. I, I really love Nick's Go, and I'm going to take Complexity. So those are going to be two that I – that's about as thin as I'm going to get all day on this ticket, those two horses in that race. I'm not going to get off Harvey's little coil for nothing. You will not change right. my mind. Zero. And then – uh, I thought Texas Wedge had a shot as well, an extravagant kid. You know, that in the, in the sprint. I don't like God Stormy. I'll tell you that right now. No God yeah, Stormy. Yeah, you, you've made that clear. <laughs> you've made that clear. All I hate right. that horse, man. If I, go, if I go two for nine, and honestly, on this card, because it's a tough card, I'll be happy. I'd be thrilled. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I think the betters, if you're going to be betting all day, like like probably a lot of us, don't forget about the pick three. Just yeah. stick with it. Roll or it all the day. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm a, you're right. I just Sometimes I just forget. I'm going to write out all my bets. That way when I get there, there's probably nothing else for me to do except eat some food, watch some races, and enjoy uh, both Churchill and uh, Keeneland. I wish we could have been at Keeneland. My goodness, I would have loved it. Uh, but not in the cards. It's, it's pretty disappointing. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so duh, long shot, just might, duh. Oh yeah, well yeah, that's uh, that's, that's the nail biter, the nail biter of the day because uh, we got to root for Michelle. Yeah, oh, I really do think yeah. she's got a shot. I, I, and, I'm not just saying. Yeah. And Empire and of Gold. That one's got a shot. They're they're yeah. not they're not impossible. They really aren't. So. No, they they, they have a little money on them. Yeah, and uh. Before we before we go, I guess my best bet on the day would be Nashville in in race one. <laughs> Good for you. Two ten, two ten, two ten, and two ten, y'all. <laughs> uh, there, there you go. So the, the question is, if if you can if you can figure out a way to play it, do you play the pick five or you just skip Nashville's race and play the pick four? I skip it. I, I just don't think it's worth it because he's not he's drawn inside. So I mean, is is the amount of percentage increase on your pick four and pick five ticket worth it? Unless you try to hit the pick five multiple times using him and maybe singling someone else down the road, possibly or something, it, it's just a thought. But uh, you I, know, I would but here, probably skip it. Here's the contrarian in all of us. You know, there was a horse called Dennis's Moment one year, didn't break. You know, so you, anything can happen on these days. I'm going to probably try to beat him because that's what I'm going to do. I, right. I'll single them on a pick three for probably a $5 base bet and then hope to catch something in the next two legs. But uh, you can either hardly beat them or you're going to crush them. I'll probably take a little menace. Okay. All right. Whatever you say, pal. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we'll be together. So should yeah. we announce to the podcast where we're going to be? Well, we're, we're planning on being at Churchill, hopefully. Yeah, we'll be yeah. out there. Somewhere. Yeah. So, yeah, look us up. All right. Well, hey, parting thoughts. Any, anything before we sign off? No, it's a great card. Uh, looking forward to it. And uh, I know I'm going to be wrong more than I'm right, but hopefully if I am right once in, a, once in a while, it pays off for all the misses that are bound to happen. Yeah. Absolutely. All yeah, right. Don't so. get frustrated and, and not get frustrated. Stick with it. I like the sprint. I like five through ten, really. Once you get to the last couple, I, I'm I, I'm not real 
fond, uh, you know, nothing's really a big single for me. There's no big standout. It's just very good horses from there. You just said to his law. You just, (laughs) well, you know, but you're not going to make any money. I want to make money. All right. So uh, wrap this up. We'll we'll sign off here uh, on behalf of handicapper extraordinaire, Alan Schneider. Get out of here. And the beast of St. Matthew's, Brandon Jaggers. <laughs> I'm CC Broadus saying gambling money ain't got no home.